Eddie Rosario comes up clutch again to help bail out the Braves' bullpen that blew another lead in this series. But the Braves are just one win away on Wednesday from clinching the NLE's title. We'll discuss that much more on today's episode of Lockdown Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Lockdown Braves, part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on social media at shortstopball. Also, make sure you follow the podcast there at Lockdown underscore Braves. Send in any questions, comments, feedback you have for the podcast. Had a lot of feedback on yesterday's episode, so I appreciate all that and the great conversation we had there, especially over on YouTube. And if you're new there, make sure you hit that subscribe button. We're getting so close to 7,000 subscribers there, trying to reach that goal by the start of the postseason. If you're watching there, hit the thumbs up button, over 150 likes on yesterday's episode. So really appreciate that. And again, several comments, over 100 comments on yesterday's show. So appreciate that. Enjoy all the discussion with you. I try to get to as many of those as I can. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of each and every day. I'm going to give a shout out to Ben No, and thank you for telling me how to say that last name. Charles Pruitt, Anthony R. Huggenath, uh, from Curacao, EDL, Witdog, Ecuadorman, and Joey S. Thanks so much for letting me know on the last podcast that you are an everydayer. On today's episode of Lockdown Braves, we'll recap Tuesday's game. Another wild one in this series, another blown save, but the offense able to come through. And Brad Hand with the big save to close things out. Acuna with another home run. Matt Olson. Uh, continues his hot streak as well. We'll discuss those two as well as the bullpen issues we've seen here as of late. And then in our stat of the day Wednesday, we're going to talk about Ron Acuna Jr. And just the streak that he is on right now, the power surge that he's having at the moment. We'll discuss all of that and then set you up for Wednesday's game where Spencer Strider has a chance for, to help the Braves clinch the NL East. So that should be exciting one on a Wednesday. Before we get into all of that, though, I want to address yesterday's podcast because we got a lot of comments and some great discussion, but there were some of you who I, I think maybe took it the wrong way, maybe didn't quite listen to all that I was saying. And, and I do apologize. Maybe the title was a little bit misleading and, and clickbaity. I do apologize for that, but that is a way to draw people in. And then I hope once you're in, you listen to the discussion and then we can have that discussion. But some people took yesterday's podcast as me saying, I, I don't think the Braves should play Ozzy Albies at all, and that Nicky Lopez should be starting over him, or some people even said just call it Von Grissom. That's not what I'm saying, and that's not what I said on the podcast yesterday. I, I love Ozzy Albies. He is an all-star. He is invaluable to this team, not just for his leadership, but his offensive production as well. He is the Braves' starting second baseman. That was not the discussion yesterday, and, and I think some of you – uh, maybe kind of took that and ran. Not a lot of you, 95% of you, we had great conversations in the YouTube comment section, but had one person say they were going to cancel their subscription uh, over what I was trying to explain and say. So I wanted to, to just address it real quick. I'm not saying Ozzy Albies is a terrible player and needs to be replaced. I am talking about taking Ozzy Albies out for half an inning to end the game with your best defensive team on the field when you have a lead. That's all we were talking about yesterday. And, and some of you took that as just a huge slight against Ozzy Albies. Like, I hate the guy. That is not the case. We're talking about half an inning 
putting your best defensive team on the field to help close out a game. It's all we were talking about yesterday. And some of you maybe took that and, and ran and went the wrong way with it. So I just wanted to clarify that. That's all I'm saying. And I still don't think it happens because what I said yesterday, he's a team leader. And I just don't think that's ever going to happen, even though maybe it should. Uh, but we're not going to rehash all that. You want to please go back and listen to yesterday's podcast again, because I think some of you maybe heard it wrong, maybe heard what you wanted to hear. Uh, again, most of you, 95% of you uh, understood that. We had a great discussion in the comment. But for those that maybe didn't quite understand or maybe took it the wrong way, I wanted to address that again. So I uh, appreciate, again, all the comments there. It was a lot of great discussion. But I do want to clarify what I was saying. I'm not trying to replace Aussie Albies. I'm talking about taking him out for half an inning to end a game in a, a postseason postseason type scenario when you want to close out a game and need your best defensive team on the field. That's all. So I uh, just want to clear that up. But let's get into today's podcast and recapping Tuesday's game, a 7-6 to six win in extra innings over the Philadelphia Phillies, bringing the Braves a magic number down to two. Like I said, they got a chance to wrap things up on a Wednesday Another game where the bullpen blew it late and the offense went into extra innings and won. And the Braves have done much better job in extra innings this year with that Manfred runner out there and come through again in the clutch here. Eddie Rosario with a big clutch hit in the extra innings off Craig Kimbrell to get the save. So love to see that. A great at bat from him. Eight pitch at bat. Uh, late on fastball, late on fastball, probably looking for that knuckle curve. And Kimbrell kept going with the fastball and Eddie finally looked for it and was able to pull it through the hole on the right side with a drawn-in infield. So good job there, and then a great job by Brad Hand. Big strikeout in March with a runner on third and one out there, and then gets out of that inning against Rojas, who had been killing the Braves in that game. So great job by Brad Hand, who hasn't been great since coming over, but you know now with Dylan Lee going down, don't know what his role is. Brad Hand's role may be a little bit more significant now for this Braves team, getting out some crucial lefties in big situations like this going forward and perhaps in the postseason. So need Brad Hand really to get going here because, you know, Dylan Lee is he was on the IL now. So um, probably not going to be available for the postseason. That puts a little bit more pressure on Brad Hand to be that other lefty reliever with A.J. Minter. So uh, good job by him. Like I said, closing out the game there with just a one-run lead in extra innings. Braves were able to get – to Wheeler and you know really made him work early on in this game couldn't get a run across but really made him throw a lot of pitches a lot of high stress pitches made him really work early on and then finally were able to get to him and when this offense is finally able to get to somebody you see how quickly they can kind of pummel a pitcher and a pitcher as good as Zach Wheeler is even though he apparently doesn't know who Ronald Acuna Jr. was I think he was joking I don't want to take that too seriously but you know, this Braves offense, uh, again, and I said this yesterday, when they're on, it doesn't really matter who's pitching against them. And that's why it gives me a lot of confidence again with them in the postseason because it's a team that's really cut down on their strikeouts. And it's a team that even as good as a starting pitcher is, they're typically going to find a way to get to them. You give them enough advance, enough opportunities against the pitcher, they're typically going to make some adjustments and find a way to put up some crooked numbers against them. So, I get it. It, it. When you get to the postseason, things get a little bit more tighter. You're facing great pitching all the time. But I still just feel like this offense is so good that eventually, even against the best pitchers in the game, you go back and look at that a game they had against Logan Webb not too long ago either. Logan Webb was making great pitches 
And this Bra Braves offense just made great swings. I think that was kind of the case with Zach Wheeler in this one. He was making some good pitches, particularly the one to Ozuna. It was a good pitch on the inner half. You just you can't go to Ozuna there when he's hot, and he absolutely made him pay. So I thought Wheeler made some really good pitches. Braves are just a really good hitting team, breaking news there. Uh, Acuna got another home run in this one. He breaks uh, Murphy's a single-season franchise record for runs scored in a season now. And Matt Olson ties Andrew Jones' single-season franchise home run record with 51. So his next one will set a single-season franchise record for home runs in a season. He's been – both of those guys been on an absolute tear lately. I think they're pretty much locked up at least a top-four finish in the MVP along with those guys out there for the Dodgers and Betts and Freeman. Matt Olson has just, again, been incredible – Pretty much all season, a little bit of a slower start. But, uh, again, talked about it on the postcast with me and Grant McCauley over in Locked On Sports Atlanta on YouTube and in your Locked On Braves podcast feed. Talked about the fact that Matt Olson and the, just the average now, up over 280. I, I mean, I, I could imagine Matt Olson hitting 50-plus home runs one day. I, I don't know that I ever would have thought he'd be a 270-plus hitter average-wise. So, just an incredible, you know, somewhat breakout season for him, honestly. I uh, mentioned Eddie with the game winner. Also wanted to mention the catcher struggling a little bit. Uh, Travis Darno, Sean Murphy, they're hitting a combined 205 since the start of August. Uh, you notice Travis has been getting a lot more starts here lately. I, I don't know if maybe they're just trying to rest Sean Murphy a little bit. One thing I'll say, and I've said this before and I still maintain this, I, I think Sean Murphy catches every game in the postseason. You see it in this one, and look, it was some good base runners that were stealing these bases, but it's just almost an automatic steal when Travis Darno is behind the plate. I know Murphy hasn't thrown out a ton of guys lately. A lot of that's on the pitchers that don't do a great job of holding runners on, especially the relievers. But more base runners are, you know, more hesitant to go whenever Murphy's back there. When Travis Darno's back there, it just seems like everybody is willing to steal on him. So I think in the postseason, I think Sean Murphy's going to catch every game. Maybe that's why they're trying to rest him more, a little bit more now. And neither guy's really been hitting great as of late and then what's going on with the bullpen <laughs> two blown slaves sa saves sorry uh for iglesias in this series after you know just a, a huge scoreless streak that he had been on a couple of home runs given up in this series just really unlike him and really just some pitches that were left over the plate Jimenez, he's allowed five home runs in his last five appearances uh, i know somebody on twitter had asked me if i'm seeing anything i'm really not i mean the stuff is all there it's really just a missing in location for whatever reason i don't know if these guys are getting tired i think once the braves do clinch this division i think you you don't use these guys you know hardly at all in the next couple of weeks and then really kind of ramp them up towards the end of the season i think you give these guys some big rest here down the stretch and get them ready for the postseason hopefully they're just going through a little bit of a lull now get it out of the way and then be ready to go for the postseason but has not been great i still you know, believe in these guys. I mean, you have to at this point, but you know, Iglesias, Minter, Jimenez, Pierce Johnson, Yates. I think those are your guys, Brad Hand, you know, to come in and get a, a lefty out. I think those are your guys right now at this moment. I really want to see what AJ Smith Shawver can do. We haven't seen him yet since he's been called back up, but really want to see what he can look like. I gotta imagine he's going to pitch in Wednesday's game at some point, but uh, you know, want to see if he can be an option in that bullpen. But I'm not overly concerned about the bullpen at the moment it's just been you know again hopefully a little bit of lull here and it's really just been missing location against some really good hitters and a great Phillies lineup 
Um, but, you know, credit to Iglesias, another blown save, but yet keeps it tied and gives the offense a chance to win it, and they do in both uh, scenarios. So now they've also had trouble putting hitters away. You look at Jimenez, he had Castellano struck out, strike zone a little bit tight at times in this game on both sides, and then Iglesias, you know, ahead of three of the first four hitters that he faced and just could not put them away, especially that Trey Turner at bat, got ahead of him and then wasted a couple of pitches, pitches that weren't really close enough to even tempt him to offer at. And then uh, Turner just got in a 3-2 count and got a pitch he was looking for and drove it. So not able to put hitters away. It's really, I think, a lot of what's been plaguing these relievers here, uh, at least in this series. So they do get the win. They've at least earned a split on the road against the Phillies, which you know is really good, honestly. Uh, and now they got a chance to win the series and clinch the division on Wednesday. So... You know, they've done everything they needed to do to give themselves an opportunity to go ahead and wrap this thing up in Philadelphia. We'll see if they can do it on Wednesday night, and we'll t- discuss and preview that game more later in the podcast. But next, I want to talk about Ron Acuna Jr. because just can't talk about him enough. And what he's really done over the last 13 games and how he's kind of changed his approach has put himself in a position to put up some historic numbers, as he already has, but even more historic in this 2020 season. We'll discuss that next. Jace Medical is a new company that, you know, helps you be prepared so you don't get caught off guard whenever disaster strikes. Make sure you have emergency medication ready. Jace Medical can help you get prepared. Their Jace case provides a five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. I ordered mine the other day. The process is simple. All it takes is to fill out a Jace case simple form online, uh, answer a couple of questions. You might have to jump on a quick call with a board-certified physician, but a very simple process. Looking forward to getting my Jace case and having this here in case of emergencies so that my family can be taken care of. Everyone should be empowered to take care of themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. Jace handles everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off by using my code locked on at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Braves will be back Wednesday night trying to clinch the NL East against the Phillies at 6.40 p.m. Eastern. Catch every pitch of the Braves' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app, Search Braves. All right, so our stat of the day Wednesday, this isn't really much of just a stat, so I'm kind of cheating again here as I sometimes do on this segment, but our stat of the day is 13 games. That is the stretch of games I want to look at for Ron Acuna Jr., and that stretch starts with that first game back against the Dodgers because that's where I really think we've seen a a shift and a change in the way that Acuna is, is swinging the bat and trying to get more lift on the baseball I kind of mentioned it during that series, but I think now over the stretch, we're kind of seeing that play out and we're seeing some really good results for at least in the power department department. And you go back to that Dodgers series. It was all about bets and Acuna MVP talk and Acuna had that great series and he really just hasn't stopped since then. And quite honestly, he hasn't stopped all season long. I mean, this stretch that he's on the last 13 games, it's great. But it's honestly just who he's been all season long. Only thing that's changed is now he's getting a little bit more lift on the baseball and he's starting to see the home run totals go up. So 
Most notably, during this 13-game stretch, he's hit eight home runs, which has given him a chance to reach 40 on the year, only three away from that. He's hitting 321 over that stretch with 18 hits. Again, 18 hits, eight of them have been home runs in a 406 on-base percentage. What's crazy, that's a really good stretch of games. You know, 321, 406 on-base, those are below his season averages, which just tells you how good he's been this season that he's hitting 321, 406 over his last 13 games, and those are below his season averages. So uh, just kind of crazy, but clearly the difference here and what I wanted to talk about and focus on is the power. A 768 slugging percentage over that time, again, with eight home runs, a double mixed in there as well, with the rest of them being singles. He also has an incredibly low. This is just absurd. He has a 227 batting average on balls in play over that stretch. He's hitting 321 with a 227 batting average on balls in play, which means he's been completely unlucky during this stretch, and yet he's still hitting 321 with a 768 slugging percentage. I mean, the season that Ronald Gunnar Jr. is having, I know I'm biased here. It's just absurd. I mean, again, I say it on the, the postcast all the time. I'm running out of adjectives to say about this guy. A 204 WRC plus over the span with a 227 batting average on balls of play. I was just, I was blown away when I saw that to think of how good he's been over this stretch and he still hasn't had a lot of great luck with balls in play. So again, just speaks to how incredible he is and how incredible the season has been. 18 runs batted in over that stretch and 13 runs scored. That's really helped boost his RBI total. He's now just three away from 100 on the season to go along with 130 plus runs. What's also wild, and this has been incredible and a season of incredible things that Acuna has done, one of the most incredible is the fact he's been able to cut down that strikeout rate. Over this 13-game stretch, he has struck out four times. Four times in today's game. And a, a power hitter like Ronald Acuna Jr., I know he's not just a power hitter, but he has struck out four times in the last 13 games compared to eight Walks his ground ground ball rate over that time of forty eight point one percent. That's just below his season average of fifty percent, which you know isn't great. But with his speed and how hard he hits the ball, you can live with that. And here's the interesting part, and what I, I really was wanting to look at and focus on over this stretch is his fly ball percentage. His fly ball percentage is up from thirty point four percent on the year to 46.2% during this stretch. So he has raised his five-ball percentage over this stretch 16%. Again, like I said, his ground ball rate hasn't really gone down. What's really changed here is it's not as many line drives, but he's getting more lift on the ball. He's hitting more fly balls than he has previously this season. And as I mentioned, going back to that Dodgers series, it almost feels like he's made more of a concerted effort to get more lift on the baseball to go for these home runs. Whether that's true or not, you know, we'll never know. Only Ronald can can tell you that. But again, just looking at the data, it, it certainly seems like that is the case, that he has made more of a concerted effort to get lift on the baseball, still getting his ground balls. But again, his fly ball rate is up 16% over this stretch. And it's worked. He's hit eight home run, eight home runs in 13 games. It's just what if he had done this all se all series or all season long? How many home runs would he be at? But again, I, I don't know. I, I can't prove that. I haven't really broken down his swing to see if anything's changed there. Like I said, just looking at the the data, it you know sixteen percent is a huge difference on his fly ball rate 
and that's what he's done over this stretch. His hard hit rate of 51.9% during these 13 games, that's a good bit above his season number of 45.9%. So even with that extra lift on the baseball and hitting more fly balls, he's still hitting the ball even harder than he has all season long as well. So just incredible, you know, how he can get it done in so many ways. I think most of this season, you know, he, he's taking his singles the other way. He'll shoot one through the gap the right side. I think now he's just looking to get that lift on the baseball to try to make that push for 40. And it's just, it's, again, mind-blowing to me. I, I just cannot help but, but smile and somewhat laugh when I look at some of these stats and you really dig into Acuna's season because here's a guy who's been incredible all season long, but kind of falling behind on the home runs a little bit to get to that 40-40 season. And he's like, okay, I'll just start making more of a concerted effort to get lift on the baseball and see what happens. And what happens is eight home runs in 13 games. And now he's just three away from 40 on the season. So uh, really looking forward to seeing what he does the rest of the way. Hope he can get it done. You know, and he's, it's not like he's been bad. He hasn't been bad by any stretch of the imagination. But again, it's just crazy to me that you can kind of change your approach a little bit. And again, I can't prove that he's done that other than to just show you the numbers or tell you the numbers rather. But to all of a sudden be like, okay, let me change up my approach a little bit to try to hit more home runs. And really nothing has tailed off otherwise. He's still hitting 321 with a 406 on base percentage over this stretch. And shouldn't he be getting tired? Uh, you know, this is a guy coming off an ACL injury, you know, all the frustrations that he had last year. Snicker finally had him DH the other day to get him off his legs for a little bit, which I think is smart. And I think the Braves should do more of down the stretch. But again, it doesn't really seem to be affecting him at the plate, maybe defensively where he's had some more miscues here lately. You know, he's gotten bad jumps all, all season for the most part, but typically he makes up for it with his closing speed. Haven't quite seen that as much here lately. He's already got caught stealing twice this month. He hasn't been caught more than three times in a given month. But again, just at the plate, it doesn't seem to be slowing him down at all. And when you look at where he could end up, and I know – Counting numbers don't mean as much in today's game, especially among voters who are just going to look at OPS, WAR, WRC+, all of that to try to you know, determine a player's value. But these counting numbers for Acuna are going to be hard to ignore. He's eight runs away from scoring 140 runs on the season. He's four hits away from 200. He's three home runs away from 40. He's three RBIs away from 100. He's five stolen bases away from 70. You're telling me you're looking at an MVP ballot at the end of the year and you see a guy who scores 140 runs, has 200-plus hits, 40 home runs, 100 runs batted in, and 70 stolen bases, and you're going to sit here and try to tell me that's not the most valuable player in all of baseball? I I'm sorry. If he reaches those milestones, and again, he's not that far away, it's a slam dunk in my opinion. What Acuna is doing this year and the numbers he's putting up are – Historic. Uh, again, I feel like we've said that a lot here lately, but that's just what it is. Not to mention he's likely to hit over 330 with a 400-plus on base percentage and an OPS around 1,000. I mean, it's just – it's crazy, crazy, crazy when you look at this season Acuna is having. And it's just – again, I said it when we entered September. And, you know, my top five things to watch down the stretch here, number one for me was Acuna and his chase for 40-40, but not just that, the, the numbers. What numbers he ends up hitting because – it is just a season like we have never seen. I'm completely enjoying the ride. I do not miss an at-bat, although I did miss the home run last night, putting the kids in bed. Should have hit pause on the TV. That's my fault, but I did go back and watch it several times. But 
you just can't miss him when he comes to the plate right now. You don't know what he's going to do. And it's just really incredible how he's just kind of flipped the switch to say, hey, I need to get these home runs. Let's start getting a little bit more lift on the baseball. And it's led to eight home runs in his past 13 games. So hopefully that continues. Hopefully he hits that 40 home run mark. And again, hopefully, I don't know what more you got to do to try to convince voters you're the MVP. But I, in my mind, he reaches those numbers. It's It's a slam dunk, no doubt. Should be unanimous, in my opinion, MVP for Ronald Acuna Jr. But again, it's just when you dive into the numbers for the season he's having, it's just so fun to look at because it's just absurd what he's doing and how he's getting it done. So I uh, really enjoyed just diving in and looking to that. Hopefully you enjoy it as well. And hopefully you enjoy this run that Acuna is having as much as I am and just enjoy that ride here down the stretch with the Braves, hopefully clinching and wrapping up the NL East on Wednesday. Then you got the off day on Thursday. So you can go ahead and celebrate all you want and then just get ready to get everybody healthy, ready to go down the stretch. We'll discuss that game here next. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. Also, visit FanDuel.com slash PlaySafe for tools and resources to help you stay in control of the way you play. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. A little bit of news from yesterday. Jesse Chavez had a rehab start in typical Jesse Chavez fashion. He loaded the bases with one out and then somehow Houdini'd his way out of it. So we'll see what happens with him. Will he be ready in time? Snicker kind of commented the other day that, you know, don't know uh, that he'll be able to get back in time to prove that he can be a part of this bullpen in the postseason, but we'll just see how that rehab goes. Certainly that for a reliever, I think there's plenty of time for him to get the reps that he needs. As for Nick Anderson, he's still rehabbing and a long shot for the postseason roster at this point. So, you know, not long ago, we were trying to figure out how they're going to get all these bullpen arms on the postseason roster, who's going to have to be cut, what's going to happen. Now you got McHugh on the IL, Dylan Lee going on the IL as well. So uh, now you're you're pretty much locked in with who you have. Like I mentioned earlier, it's Iglesias, Jimenez, Minter, Johnson, Yates, those guys, Brad Hand. And then, like I said, maybe you add in an A.J. Smith-Shaver, maybe Kyle Wright moves to a bullpen role. We'll see how that all plays out. But I still feel really good about the Braves' bullpen situation. But two guys in Chavez and Nick Anderson that played a big role early on. We're kind of hoping to get those guys back and see if they could continue to play that big role, but not sure how much you can count on them at this point. As for the game on Wednesday, it'll be Spencer Strider versus Christopher Sanchez. Sanchez having a sneaky, quietly good year over there for the Phillies. 15 games started, a 3.26 ERA, a 1.04 whip 73 strikeouts in 80 innings doesn't usually go over 90 pitches so we'll see how long he goes in this one but a sinker changeup, slider guy really you know banking on getting those ground balls with the sinker and then got some good whip rates over 30 percent on both his changeup and slider and he doesn't walk anybody so uh should be you know interesting matchup here for the braves against sanchez as for strider Outside of the playoff game last year, he has really dominated the Phillies in his career. So hopefully 
he gets back to that. He is coming off an illness. How strong will he be? How deep in the game will he be able to go? You saw the Braves kind of pull Max Freed a little early uh, on yesterday's start, which a really strong start for Max Freed. I don't even think I, I mentioned that in the first segment, but definitely uh, should have. He was really good. I thought he had a great start and was able to work through some jams to kind of you know, give him some practice on that going into the postseason. So I thought it was a great start from Max Freed, but the Braves did pull him, you know, less than 90 pitches. And I think that's a concerted effort to kind of save some bullets there and not overwork him. We'll see if they do the same thing with Strider on Wednesday. If maybe they pull him at around 80 pitches or so uh, to try to keep him fresh and, and healthy for the postseason. But either way, Braves got a chance to go ahead and clinch this division now and wrap it up. Like I said, before the off day on Thursday would be a perfect time to do so, hopefully they can, and go ahead and get it done and go ahead and clinch their sixth straight NL East title. Whether it happens on Wednesday or maybe over the weekend against the Marlins, it will be happening here soon, and it'll be a great time to celebrate that when it does happen. But again, hopefully it happens on Wednesday night as the Braves take on the Phillies at 6.40 p.m. Eastern. It'll be Strider versus Sanchez. Catch every pitch of the Braves' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app, Search Braves. Thank you so much for making Locked On Braves your first listen of each and every day. Make sure you follow us on social media at Locked On underscore Braves. You can follow me at Shortstop Ball. Also, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the Locked On Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast. And we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 